Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, personal bestie. Welcome back to another episode of Live Your Personal Best. I'm so excited for this week's episode, and I know that I say that every week, but this week we are talking about time management, which I think is a universal struggle from everyone everywhere of never having enough time. And so we're talking today with Marissa, who's a time management coach, productivity coach, on how we can be using our times better and planning our days better and not getting stuck in the overwhelm, taking ownership of your time, and just everything else. So if this Sounds like something that you could improve at, something that you need help at and getting better with, then definitely listen to this week's episode and be sure to send it out to a friend. Go send them this episode right now. Tell them to check out Live Your Personal Best. Send it to your roommate, your friend, your brother, your sister, whoever. I know that a lot of people could get a lot out of this. So with that, let's get started. What's up and welcome to the Live Your Personal Best podcast. This is the place where I help current and former athletes like you to show up confidently in the gym and in life. I'm your host, Emily Kaufman, a former Division I athlete and author of Elite to Everyday Athlete. I'm going to show you how to stay motivated in reaching your goals and how to have more fun doing it. So let's sweat it out and start living your personal best. Hey guys, today we are joined by Marissa. She is the author of Time Management, how to get the time you need to do the things that you want. She is a time management and productivity coach and a keynote speaker. She's the founder of Mama Work It, and she helps overwhelmed people turn their dreams into reality. I'm so excited that you're joining us today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So I would love to know a little bit more about your background and how you became into this time management expert. Absolutely. So as you mentioned, I'm Marissa Lonick. I am a working mom of four kiddos. They are eight and under right now. And how this all started is I was a corporate executive. I was working in the corporate world. I was very busy, as you can imagine. And I had two kids at the time. This is back in 2016. And I was offered a job promotion. And that promotion would have taken me from New York, where I'm from, to California. Total cross-country move. And I was initially pretty scared to take part in this big change because even though I was fairly organized, I was like, I kind of had things together, like from the outside looking in, I was still feeling kind of overwhelmed with just life in general, right? I was, I was busy working full time. I had a husband, I had two twin toddlers at the time. I was, you know, I had just moved into a new home and I was really just finding like, how can I find time for myself? How can I figure out how to fit in things that are important to me, like my health, my fitness, you know, my hobbies, all these things. And I was struggling with that. So I thought to myself, well, gosh, I'm an ambitious woman. I really want to take this opportunity, but also the idea of moving to a new environment where I didn't know anyone, where I'd have this more demanding schedule with a longer commute. It really scared me. So initially I turned down the opportunity and I was just filled with regret. And 
what happened was a few days later, I realized, okay, I made the wrong decision and I need to take this and figure out how to make it work. And so I did. And what I realized when I moved and when I had like all these different demands on my schedule is that it's not that it was necessarily harder. It was just different, right? It was just different. And I had to adapt to that. And so I did. And so I did some practical things. I did some inner work and I ended up feeling like I was so much more balanced, even in this new environment with this new time and schedule with, you know, even adding to my family since then we've added two other kids because I had done a lot of this work and people would always ask me, how do you have time to, you know, start that blog or, uh, work out or all these things. And I would, you know, I would say, I think, I think I have something I can help people with. So really from there is where I started coaching other people and writing my book and supporting, uh, other moms mainly, but women, you know, in general with time management and productivity strategies, because I feel like I've been able to make a lot of my dreams and visions come to fruition, even with a very hectic schedule. And I know if I can do this, so many other people out there can too. Yeah. I love with your story too, you know, your family is growing at the same time that your career is growing and a move involved and all of it at once. Because I think that a lot of times, you know, we are waiting till something gets completely set and you're like, oh, I feel so comfortable now with where I am here. Then I can go work on something. But the truth is, you know, it does kind of all come at once and you simultaneously like have to balance all those things as you're talking about. Yeah. And you know what? I'm sure you know this, Emily, like the perfect time never comes, right? There's always an excuse. There's always something valid happening in life where we want to delay things. But the truth, truth is, you know, starting today is no different, no better, no worse than, you know, like, don't hold off, just do it, right? Do the thing you want to do. Yeah. And so I know from my perspective, you know, sometimes when I hear time management, I think like, okay, that means that on my Sundays, I have to go through and allocate every 30 minutes of my day to like different things. And like, every minute is basically accounted for, which I'm sure it isn't necessarily the case. Um, So what does time management kind of look like for you? Yeah. And let me just say, I I do teach a lot of practical things when I teach time management, but I think I also teach it in a really different way because for me, time management, yes, it's about structure and organization and systems, and that's all really, really important. But if you haven't done the inner work to really understand the self-care components, the motivating components, like the why factor of why you're doing certain things or why you want to do certain things, the guilt management, all of that needs to happen in conjunction with those systems, with those apps, with those things that you're using to stay focused and organized. So to me, it's a combination of feeling good so that you can do good. You can be your most productive self. You can accomplish the things you want to do and you're feeling really good in the process of it. Yeah, no, I love that because you kind of mentioned the two aspects, you know, there is a systematic approach, but also kind of knowing like the why behind you're doing it. So I'd love to kind of walk through with you now, like that systematic approach of like, if someone feels very overwhelmed in their life or they feel like stuck of like, I can't add any more onto my plate, how do you help them kind of restructure their time? Absolutely. And I just want to say like, anybody can feel overwhelmed, whether you're listening or watching this and you have a big family like I do, and maybe a career and a relationship, and that can feel overwhelming, or you could be single maybe with a dog, maybe without a dog, maybe with a full-time job, maybe with a consulting gig and still feel the same level of overwhelm. Like this is 
a non-discriminatory feeling, right? It can happen to anyone. But the truth of the matter is you can choose to feel it or you can choose not to feel it. So if I can give you a quick example of that, and this is kind of silly, but I think it, it relays the point really well. So let's say you're in the supermarket and you are rolling your cart and you get down the bread aisle and you see all the bread options. I mean, they are, there are a lot of bread options, right? There's whole wheat bread, there's white bread, there's English muffins, there's flour tortillas, there's corn tortillas, bagels, like the list goes on and on and on. And you could look at all the bread choices and you could feel overwhelmed by that. That could be overwhelming to you. Or you could roll your shopping cart down the aisle. You could find the exact bread you're looking for. You could find it, grab it, pop it in your cart and move on. And you don't feel a tinge of that overwhelm. So again, it is a choice. And I think the most important factor when it comes to this and not feeling this is having clarity. So if you're feeling any sense of overwhelm, get really, really clear on what absolutely needs to get done or has to get done, or you want to get done and focus on that only like, don't let all the other noise, all the other bread options, all the other things around you distract you from those things. I personally, when I work with clients like to advise them to choose three small goals per day, focus on just three small things per day, absolutely hold yourself accountable to those things and everything else. If it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, it doesn't, but at the end of the day, you will feel really accomplished, really productive, really proud of yourself. If you've gotten through those three key things that you prioritized. Yeah, no, I I love looking at it that way. I never thought of that before. You know, overwhelm is kind of when you're looking at all the different options and you allow, you know, those external things. It's like, well, yeah, you're not going to choose 90% of the breads that are there, but you know, are you letting that kind of get in your way and overthinking the decisions and all of that? Or are you going in, making your decision and being like, this is what I'm doing. Like, this is what I came for. This is what I wanted and not kind of like letting, as you said, like that, like mental noise that you're being more clear with it. Yeah. And often what'll happen when you have too, too much crowding your mental space, too many options in front of you, you'll get into analysis paralysis. So you'll start reading all the labels of the breads, right? Or you'll start thinking about all the things you have to do that really, really, really long to-do list. That's like the length of a CVS receipt. And you'll feel such a level of paralysis, like you'll end up doing nothing because it'll just feel like too much, too much that you don't even know where to start, what to even go for first. Yeah, no, I definitely have that feeling. You know, I have like the never ending to-do list and then I will cross things off each day, but there'll be like some of those items that, you know, just fall over into the next day and the next day and the next day. Um, So I think, you know, dividing it into those smaller things really help. And then, you know, with something like fitness, right? Something like creating a workout routine, it's very much a routine and you want to keep doing it over and over again. It's not something that you can just plan for and cross off once. Do you have any suggestions on how to make time for like a reoccurring habit? Absolutely. So I have a few suggestions for this. I think when it comes especially to health and fitness, and I know, I know people listening may be like, oh, that's not for me, but please hear me out. Hear me out. I was not always this person, but I have become one. Do it in the morning. Do it in the morning. You guys, you always have time for the things you put first. Okay. It is much, much easier to let that kind of other things get in the way. If you're planning your, your routine, your fitness routine later in the day, when a lot of interruptions can come. So try to do it first thing, make it part of your morning routine. Once you've done that for, you know, they say 21 days is is the amount of time to form a habit. Once you've done that for a number of weeks, it's not going to feel so hard to get out of bed. It's not going to feel so hard to wake up early. 
you know, to get in your workout clothes first thing, but I would do that. I would prep whatever you can the night before. So even the, the small act of like laying out your workout clothes, like if you have a treadmill and you need to actually open it up, do that. If you, you know, have an alarm set a couple of them so that it's not like you can shut it off and sleep through it. Right. So try that. People say also with habits that if you've ever watched, um, I like to show my clients this Ted talk it's by BJ Fogg and it's about tiny habits. And he's a big proponent of starting with something super small, right? Like not a huge change at once, which I'm in agreement with. So if you can tack it on to something you're already doing. So let's say right now, when you wake up, like the first thing you do is, I don't know, like, um, okay, I'll give you his example from his Ted talk. So he got really, really fit by doing this. He used to, every time he would use the bathroom, he would do two push-ups right after that was like his tiny habit that he developed. He tacked it on to a behavior that he was already doing. And then he just added this tiny habit and it grew and grew and grew. And now he's like up to doing five to eight push-ups every time he uses the bathroom and he's doing like 60 or 70 a day, depending how much water consumption he's had. And it became part of his daily routine. So, you know, even just tacking on a tiny habit of like, maybe when you're brushing your teeth, you're doing squats or maybe when you're got, I don't know, like anything that you're doing regularly on a regular day, like adding on some sort of fitness component to that. Yeah, no, I think that's great advice, especially, you know, with the morning too, you said that, you know, what you like make time for you do first or like the most important thing first thing in the day. And I think that's huge because yeah, when you don't have that like lingering on you all day, but also if that's your one part of your routine, you get up, you work out, you get up, you work out, then yeah, you don't have enough time for other things to get in the way, right? Like I'm sure not a lot of people are asking for your time at 7 a.m., whereas later in the day, other things might come up. Yeah. Or you're just, you know, you just feeling like maybe something triggered you to get in kind of a a funky mood later in the day and you're not as motivated to work out or whatever it is, like the weather turns and you can't run outside like you had planned. So it's just easier, I think, to get that done first thing. And there's so many things you can do just even from your home, even if you don't have equipment, right? There's like quick and easy videos you could watch. I mean, there's so many options now. Yeah, definitely. And so I know that you also talk a lot about productivity in relation to time management. And another thing that, you know, I sometimes come into is I will have a period of time where it's open or I get to the weekend, right? And after having a super busy week, I now have the free time and I almost don't feel like I have enough energy to do the things on my to-do list or I don't feel like excited to actually be productive. Do you have any suggestions for like finding the energy to actually go after it? Well, I think there's a really strong link between energy and productivity in the sense that if you're not feeling excited about things. And I'm not saying that like, we all don't have to do some things that we aren't excited. Like, listen, I have to do laundry almost every day and it's not my favorite thing to do you guys. Right. But I do it. Um, so there's, there's tricks that we can do for that, but also if there's things that, you know, you're just really, are just really cramping your style. Like, can you delegate, can you outsource some of that stuff so that you're not feeling like hatred toward these things that you have to get done. Right. So that's one thing. The second thing is maybe you need to be carving out some time and space as well for just free, right. Freedom, like white space so that everything's not overly scheduled. You know, productivity doesn't mean that every minute of every day is being used toward doing something. Sometimes our productivity is best spent in having like a free hour or a free afternoon 
to give ourselves the freedom to think, to maybe just dream, to do something where we're not, you know, fulfilling a task on our to-do list. So I think, you know, people often will be like, oh, productivity, productivity, like always getting something done. But actually when you, when you make time for that kind of space in your schedule, you end up being more productive later because you're in a better headspace. You're way more motivated, energetic. You're not drained. If you're feeling drained, you probably need some downtime. But as far as like things that you have to get done that like, you just know you'll feel better once they're off your list, for example, right? Um, maybe pair that because a lot of these things that I think of when I think of are things like that I don't need my full brain power for. I don't need my full brain power to fold clothes. I don't need my full brain power to like, you know, do something household wise, right? Um, but I like to pair that and multitask that with something I actually do enjoy. So maybe it's listening to your podcast, Emily. Maybe it's like um, listening to some great music or a playlist that you like. Maybe, you know, it's paired with some sort of like, interval fitness in between that time. So I think, you know, there are ways that you can kind of hack it a bit when make it a little bit more fun. Yeah, no, definitely. I love that, especially with like thinking about what tasks actually take brain power and which ones don't, because I feel like a lot of the time, you know, I'll try to cross off all the easy ones first, the things like folding laundry, right? I'm like, oh, okay, I'll do that. But then I get pushed to the very end of the day, you know, writing an important email. And I'm like, why did I save this for 10 p.m. at night? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so when you look at your day, is this something that you're planning ahead of time of, okay, I'm going to be doing this at this part of my day. Do you use time blocking? Like how does making your schedule actually look like for you? Yeah. So there are certain things obviously that, you know, I am inflexible with timing, right? Like meetings or calls with clients or, you know, pick up and drop offs for my kids and things like that. So those kind of have solid solid blocks of time where I can't necessarily shift them around unless obviously there's an emergency or something changes. So for those things, they're pretty solid in my calendar. I get the reminders. I appreciate that because, you know, mom brain here. So that's helpful. And then with other things, you know, like with those three small goals, for example, I'm a bit more fluid with that. So I will intentionally ensure that those are the three things that I'm working on throughout the day. I have that kind of as my go-to source Yet, um, I may do them first thing if I'm feeling like the jolt of energy and the really, you know, aligned with doing it at that time of day, but you know what, maybe I'm not, maybe I need to ease into my day that day. Cause I didn't sleep well the night before or something, you know, came up in my email that I need to address more, more urgently. So as long as I get them done and kind of fit them in where it makes sense to, I feel good about that. And I think that's, that's really key with time management. Like there's a fine line between flexibility and accountability. So I think it's important to be flexible because as we all know, like life hardly ever goes exactly as planned and things are going to pop up and we don't want to just fall apart the thing as soon as that thing happens. Yet in the same sense, we also don't want to be like, oh, I'll get to that later. I'll get to that tomorrow and then never do it and then not hold ourselves accountable. So as long as we can find a really like good balance between the two of those things, I think we're totally on the right track. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely like that wiggle room, right? Or like that fine line of like, okay, I need to be accountable, but also have that flexibility. So that way you're enjoying it. And, you know, there is room for when things pop up. So I think that your method of, you know, choosing the three things that you want to get done for that day kind of allows for the two of that, like 
these are the three things you need to do, but here, like it's up to you. You can figure it out. Like you can kind of like place it in throughout your day. Right. Right. Yeah. And so when someone's getting started into time management or wanting to start, you know, like keeping track of where their day's going and what time is being spent for what, what do you see are like the biggest mistakes people fall into? Oh, yes. I love this question. I actually just recorded a free training on this topic. It's the three biggest mistakes moms make when it comes to time management, but I think lots of people are making this mistake, not just moms. So one mistake is, all right, well, let me ask you this question. What do you think are the four words most people say when it comes to time, just in general? I don't have time. Exactly. (laughs) That's it. So the first mistake is you're saying this phrase and you're probably saying it on repeat all the time. And what's happening is the more you say it, the more you believe it and the more your actions are reflecting that. So I challenge anyone who is, has this on repeat in their everyday vocabulary to stop saying this and to start replacing it with, it's not a priority to me. So let's exemplify this for a second. So if you say often, I don't have time to work out you start believing that and you actually end up not doing it ever, right? Now, if you replace that with working out isn't a priority to me, something happens, something shifts and you either feel one of two ways. So you either feel, you know what, right now it's not, it's not a priority to me because of whatever, right? Maybe I'm super busy at work with this big task, this big project. So for the rest of this month, it's just not going to make the list. And I'm okay with that. I'm comfortable with it. Or I've got a baby at home who's not sleeping through the night and I'm getting no sleep and I just need to be focused on that right now. And once this sleep regression passes, I'm going to get back to it. So, you know, there's one way that you feel automatically like the guilt is gone and you feel more in control of how you're managing and spending your time and you feel okay and you move on and you kind of let go of that. And then the other way is you feel the opposite. You feel really icky about saying that out loud. You're like, oh my gosh, working out absolutely is a priority to me. My health and fitness is very important. I better make time for this because this doesn't feel good. This doesn't feel aligned with how I want to be living my life. So what do you do? It propels you. It kind of forces you to go back and look at the way you're managing and spending your time and figure out how you can. Do you need to wake up earlier? Do you need to go to sleep later? Do you need to use your lunch hour to exercise? Do you need to do... I don't know, like increments of it throughout the day, you'll figure out a way to make it happen because you don't like the way that feels to say that out loud. So that's one mistake I'd say. Yeah, no, I love that reframe. It kind of puts the ownership back on you, right? Because when you tell yourself, you're like, this is not my priority. It's almost like, well, do I want it to be a priority? Like, have I been like, kind of like fooling myself into thinking like, yeah, yeah. Like I'm totally into fitness and I'm working on this goal, but then I'm actually not prioritizing it ever. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Because in the end, you guys, we all have the same amount of time. We all have it. I mean, yes, everyone's circumstances are a bit different. Everyone's got different things, you know, different demands on their, in their lives and schedules, but we all get this equal currency and it's up to us how we spend it. And if we want to spend it, you know, wasting it, I hate to say that, but if we want to spend it, wasting it, we can. And if we want to spend it, you know, living it to its full potential, if we want to feel really good and be accomplishing things we want to do and be our healthiest, best selves, we can do that too. We can make it happen. Yeah, no, I love that so much. I'd love to end now with, if there's any one last piece of advice that you'd love to leave everyone with. 
Oh my gosh. So much pressure on this one last thing. Okay. I'll just say, you know, again, I'll kind of reiterate my whole mantra behind time management is when you feel good, you do good. So when you are taking care of yourself, when you're prioritizing things that are important to you, when you are not depleting yourself to focus on everyone else, and you are actually re-energizing yourself, you end up doing so much more and so much better. And you end up being not only a better version of yourself that translates into you being a better spouse or partner, a better mom or dad, a better, a better employee or entrepreneur, like whatever it is you're doing, it all trickles out into that. So I feel really strongly about that. You know, you have to feel good to do good. And so that's a big, a big component of how I like to structure how I teach time management and how I coach my clients to do that. Oh, I love that so much. And especially like hearing that from, you know, a productivity coach, right? Like there's so many things that you think a productivity coach would say of like working harder or working more. And instead you're like, no, like feel good, do good. And so if, you know, the end of the day, what you want to accomplish is that good work. It, it starts with that feeling good. So I love that advice. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So where could everyone find you, follow you, get your training, all of that? Yes, absolutely. So the best place um, to follow me is to subscribe for my free newsletter on my website, and you will get access to that free training if you do that now. And my website is mamaworkit.com, M-A-M-A, workit.com. I'm also on social media, Instagram and Facebook, mainly at the handle at let mama work it. And yeah, and also if you'd like to get in touch and strategize how you can break through and, you know, level up your time management, I also offer free 45 minute breakthrough calls that you can schedule on my site or just send me an email and I'll get you that scheduling link. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.